Hi, I'm Paul Schrempf. Welcome to Microdosing, where we focus in on very specific topics that represent larger trends in healthcare. Here in season two, we'll be speaking with a broad spectrum of physicians to get their perspectives on things to watch. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Shruti Singhal, Vice President of Medical Management at First Choice Health, an innovative health services company that is redefining the third-party administrator space. Welcome, Shruti, to the podcast. Thank you. Well, let's dive right in. I would love to get the 60-second bio of yourself and kind of what drew you to uh, the career that you have today. Thanks. Yeah, gosh, it's it's been a long one. Started out uh, never wanting to do medicine. Um, maybe that's most doctors. In, anyways, eventually ended up there. I would say that I uh, liked and disliked all my specialties that I that I tried out, which is sort of funny. Ended up doing ER, and I loved it. So I practiced emergency medicine for almost twenty years, actually and uh, have crazy stories that I, I won't talk about today, but really, really great time. And around 2017, I really just wanted to do something that was going to be more expansive, if that makes sense. You know, because I was taking care of patients and the first one and the second one and the third one, and then the end of the shift and then the next day, and just wanted to make some changes that could really help the population that I was seeing as a whole. And uh, went from there to... Anthem, and I was the medical director there. And from there, after three years, I went to First Choice Health and started there almost a year ago as their VP of medical management. That's great. That's great. And I hear there's some some great things happening at at First Choice Health, you know, working on clinically integrated networks and uh, uh, working with um, customer data, but love to hear all all the great stuff that's going on there today and, and, and learn more about that. Yeah, so it was really interesting. So um, First Choice Health is actually a TPA, which stands for third-party administrator. Not a lot of people know what that is, Um, but it's a a company or a a TPAs or companies that work with self-insured businesses. And they actually administer their plan, which could mean helping pay their claims, running utilization management, case management. And really new to, I think, healthcare in general is using data. And so we're really proud of our um, our healthcare analytics team and the data they run. And we're working with self-insured businesses and health systems to create partnerships between the three of us. And what we're trying to really do is take the population that fits into that partnership and actually look at their data at a personal level and really be able to use the data, work with the teams and come up with personalized, curated, actionable items. And I think that's going to really help with cost of healthcare, but more importantly, quality and better outcomes, which is what I think we are looking at as a nation is just trying to get our population healthier and um, stop the progression of some of these long-term high-cost diseases. Gotcha. And, and what does that uh, tend to look like um, when, when you're working with an employer or a patient population or managing a condition? But, but what, what's the, the role that, that First Choice Health can, can do that that employer wasn't able to experience before? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And um, the answer is long, but I'm going to take a quick, I think, easy example, which is ER utilization. So, you know, it's it's a it's a buzzword. It's it's a topic that is on a lot of people's minds um, because there are so many options now. And now with telehealth and texting um, and uh, uh, retail clinics and urgent cares and really your PCP office, there are a lot of a lot of options and all the research I've done on why does someone go to the ER? Well, one major one major reason is they think they're having an emergency. And the other one is they don't have a PCP. So what we're doing at First Choice is creating a trigger list where when we see that someone's used the ER X amount of times over X amount of weeks to months, we're actually taking that list and looking at it to see were any of those avoidable? You know, did they need to be there? And if they didn't and they had better options, we're calling them and we're saying, we saw that you went to the ER a couple times, you know, last month for let's say an ear infection and you were sent home with antibiotics. What made you choose the ER? Do you, you know, where do you live? Can we help you figure out next time where you could go for that? And honestly, do you have a doctor? Can we help you find one? And I think that's gonna be really, really helpful because you're gonna get education and you're gonna get attribution all in one call. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I, I want to believe, and this is me just making things up, particularly with, with kids, is oftentimes we'll go to the ER because we psychologically believe that if we're in the ER and anything comes up, we're already at the right place. But it is a, a high cost structure versus going to the clinic or the urgent care. But, but we'd love to get kind of the stories and how you're kind of changing behaviors around that because usually in that moment, you're like, I just want to get it solved. And if I'm at the ER, I know it would get solved, even though on the back end, that's just a high cost point of care. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I've been there um, where you have a kid and you're like, why, why won't they stop crying? You know, and you just want to like figure out what's wrong. Cause you need to go to work tomorrow or they need to go to school tomorrow. And I, I totally get that anxiety. And I think that's exactly what it is. And it's being able to prepare them for that exact moment. So let me give you everything you need and all the tools you need to make those decisions versus expecting somebody to make that decision when they're in the heat of it. I mean, I think that's kind of the story of our lives, right? Is, is being prepared for those things. You can plan, but planning doesn't always help, but preparation does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and talk more about, um, using your, your partner's data. It sounds like a point of pride that's not, you're not just using a national aggregated or a regional area, but you're actually finding ways to work with the, the data of your partners. And how does that kind of affect uh, the, the outcomes you're looking for? Oh, absolutely. It does make a difference because we can talk all we want about the extraneous ER use, but I actually just worked with a client recently and their ER use was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. I looked at it and it was their patient, their population was using it for things that weren't avoidable. They were using it appropriately. And you know what? My answer to them or my point to them was good job. You're doing great. But another client where we're seeing uh, extremely high ER use, I think the question is, why are they doing it? What's going on in that population, in that region for that for that 
ER used to be so high, especially avoidable visits. And I think it really helps because sometimes as an employer, as a health system, you really don't know it's happening until you see it in aggregate. And you're able to say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize so many people were coming in during eight to five for things that really did, they didn't need to be there for. So is it that our PCPs are overloaded and don't have time to see you know, walk-ins? Is it that our urgent cares have shut down and we didn't even realize it? You know, So it kind of gives them that, that sense of knowledge backwards. So we're kind of backing into the answer, hopefully. Like, well, this is what we see. Now let's figure out what the options are. And do you have a population that's interested in telehealth? Some people are really not, and they want to see you know, somebody in person. So what about the different retail clinics that, that are popping up all over and, and do a great job of seeing those exact complaints? That's great. That's great. And you mentioned you had quite kind of the, uh, the meandering career path to, to where you are today. And it sounds like you've kind of touched on some of this, but we'd love to hear kind of, what are you loving most about your, your current role and what you're doing? Wow. Um, I have to say that uh, these last 10 or 11 months, Monday comes, Friday comes. It is, it is, I'm not thinking about Friday on Monday and Friday comes and I'm like, wow, that came fast. So I think that's really a testament of, of how, how much I'm loving everything. I think it's been great to work with a company that is looking to really um, become relevant in the healthcare space. So it's not about doing what's always been, or maybe it worked for a long time, so we're going to keep doing it. It's really about working in partnership and looking at things and putting not only, I think some people want to put the provider in the center, some people want to put the patient in the center. We're really interested in sort of collaborating and making sure that everyone is at the center of our decision-making. And I think that's been really great, especially as a physician. And of course, we're all patients. So it's been really great for me. Yeah, it's also been interesting watching the, the space of, of third party administrators as I think historically it's been kind of a, you know, a delegation role and an intermediary. But, but now as people are, are beginning to really crack the code on value-based care, third party administrators have suddenly become very important in sewing together the payer, provider, even med device and equipment spaces, but, but actually trying to get a cohesive system built. Um, and that's largely happening through TPAs, which um, I think is a fantastic new chapter for where things are going. Absolutely. Yep. You hit the nail on the head. I think we have a lot of opportunity and, um, and, and so I'm, I'm really excited. That's great. And uh, last question, if you were to go back and, and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? Um, don't get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I think change is good. It's, it's interesting, you know, being in healthcare and practicing for so long because sometimes the healthcare changes, but you don't notice it when you're doing it. And so it's been really interesting being outside of clinical medicine because the change seems so much bigger, even though it, it's the same change. And so I think just, you know, don't get too comfortable and be ready for change. And going back to what we were chatting about before is be prepared. Yeah, I'm probably going to slaughter this quote, but I, I've always liked the idea of this concept of change happens slowly and then suddenly. 
And, and I think that's, you, you notice that a lot in healthcare, you see something kind of on the periphery, you know, it's there. And all of a sudden one day it's, it's the headlines. Well, Shruti, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your story and giving us the opportunity to learn more about First Choice Health and, and the role of TPAs. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Microdosing. If you'd like to hear more observations and opinions like these, you can follow me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash n slash shrimp. That's S-C-H-R-I-M-P-F or on Twitter at Paul Shrimp. Until next time, cheers.